0: Hello and welcome back to Creed and Culture. This is my first uh, solo video for Creed and Culture, which I'm looking forward to, although the, the topic is is a heavy one. Uh, the topic is Four Warning Signs of Unhealthy Church Leadership. And I've chosen to make this video because there's been a lot of uh, articles ...in the news over the last, really over the last year or two, and been a whole bunch in the last couple of weeks about church leaders who are accused of leading and teaching in a way that is really unhelpful for the people in their congregations. Unhelpful is probably downplaying it a bit, I'd say it's, it's more damaging, damaging for the people in their congregations. And I'm not going to get into any specific cases in this video because I don't want to speculate about cases that I don't know all the details about, obviously. So I'm going to talk generally about warning signs. Now, the first thing to note is that the vast majority of church leaders are good men and women. And here we're really dealing with the minority of cases, okay? Hopefully, a very small minority of cases. So, most church leaders are, are good people, hard-working people, who should be encouraged and, and supported in the work they do. But there, there is uh, a, a small number of, of people who can uh, lead badly. And that's who we're talking about here. The list I'm going to provide isn't exhaustive, okay? So these are just my views, my opinions. There are other people who can provide other warning signs, which, of course, do do pay attention to. And, of course, you can challenge my warning signs. If you think they're wrong, you can challenge them in the comments. Now, the Christian faith talks a lot about sin, And one of the claims the Christian faith makes is that all of us are under the influence of sin. The tradition talks about the doctrine of original sin, where we all have this tendency towards wrongdoing. And given this tendency, it's unsurprising that there are people who choose to control and manipulate and to some extent I've been looking into a bit about personality disorders recently and I should say I'm not an expert okay I'm quite expert on on topics in theology not in in psychology so I'm more speaking from personal experience with this stuff but it has been interesting looking into cases of narcissism and, and sociopathy in people and the sort of character traits that people with these conditions have and I think the Christian faith can explain why people would have these, these dark personality traits uh, so it's not surprising that uh, as Christians we'd we come up against people uh, that have these traits and what sort of traits are we thinking about? Well a couple of, of general traits. One is that often uh, perhaps what you see isn't what you get. If you're dealing with a very manipulative person, what they're presenting to you the way they appear on stage or even in, in a chat isn't really the real person. okay They're just uh, they're acting, they're performing for you. Also um, people can be uh, deeply manipulative particularly if they have these narcissistic or sociopathic traits and in some cases they they don't feel remorse if they've they've done wrong and it strikes me as plausible that in in very rare cases okay I have to say this again in very rare cases there could be church leaders who have these sorts of narcissistic or or sociopathic traits. And we wanna watch out for that. Okay, because these these sort of people they're they're not they're not gonna have the best interests of their their flock or the people they're leading or teaching in mind. Okay, they're gonna be motivated by self interest, etc., so it's really important we are able to spot signs of unhealthy church leadership, and then know know what to do in response. So four, let's get into it. Four signs. The first one is when these leaders or or teachers don't engage with questions or challenges to their leadership or teaching. Okay, they don't engage with questions or or challenges. Now. Church leaders are busy, and sometimes they just can't deal with every complaint that people have, right? If someone says, I just didn't like the way the flowers were arranged on Sunday, okay? <laughs> They're very annoyed about that. Now, fair enough, people are passionate about flower arranging, and that is that is good. But um, I guess we, we need to have a sense of um, what sort of complaints we're talking about here, and here I'm thinking of of really quite serious concerns or challenges to a leadership, to a leaders' leadership style or teaching. Um, that's what I have in mind, and uh, I think it's it's clear that a healthy church leader will listen when he or she is is challenged. Uh, particularly if the challenges are well-meaning, if this is someone who has genuine concerns or questions and they want to bring them to the person, they will listen and they will take it on board. They might not necessarily agree in every case. Of course, there's going to be challenges where the person challenging maybe has got it wrong, but uh, they will at least engage with it. And of course, the Bible is full of, Uh, instructions, particularly in the New Testament, from the Apostle Paul, instructions to church leaders telling them they've got to adjust this or change this or do this differently. Okay, So it's certainly biblical that a, a church leader would be someone who can take on board feedback and learn from it. So my own experience with a, with a church leader years ago I'd, I'd emailed him to discuss some concerns I had I never I never heard back from him and um, I messaged one of the associate pastors and and he sort of just wouldn't engage with with the fact that I'd emailed and hadn't heard back so uh, and then in the end years later this guy turned out to be someone who'd been up to some uh, unpleasant activities stuff that wasn't good at all so I'd um challenged him he wasn't willing to engage and in the end um well yeah it turned out that it's no surprise he wasn't willing to be to engage he didn't want he definitely didn't want challenges okay so that's the first one people who aren't willing to engage with Questions or challenges or feedback. The second one, and this is an absolute massive one in my view, is the use of spiritual language to manipulate people. The use of spiritual language to manipulate people. Now it's really important to be aware that manipulative people will use whatever tools are at their disposal. Okay, They'll make use of of whatever they can to achieve their ends, to achieve what they thereafter. And within religious settings, there are just so many tools for manipulative people. And I'm just going to give you some examples so you can get a sense of what I'm talking about. So a manipulative leader could claim that those who are criticizing him aren't in touch with the Holy Spirit. Okay, They're, they're just not connected to what the Holy Spirit is saying. He could claim that those who are raising concerns are engaged in unbiblical gossip. Or, and I've, I've heard this one, um, the leader could say that people who, who criticize or, or, or raise concerns are working for the devil. Okay, literally heard, literally heard that one in, in a sermon a couple of months ago. And then another one is that they're persecuting the leader. This is persecution, and this is sort of what you expect when you're doing God's work. Now, I've come across this manipulative use of spiritual language quite a lot in in some in a very small number of pastors, but pastors who have uh, significant reach, and it's really devastating. Okay, it can have a huge effect on people, but. It's really important to again see these signs and figure out what's happening. Figure out that you're not not in touch with the Holy Spirit. You're not working for the devil. You're not whatever else he or she says you are. Um, actually, if you're raising concerns and you're doing the right thing, okay, and you gotta you gotta be aware of this sort of manipulation. Now the truth is, of course, Christians may be persecuted. Okay, Bible's clear that Christians will, what may well face persecution. And indeed, I think at the moment in contemporary society on issues of gender and sexuality, there's a good chance that Christians will be persecuted if they're willing to, to uh, speak up for their faith. But there's discernment needed in deciding. What is persecution and what is simply somebody raising some reasonable concerns? Okay, and again, the Christian faith says that all of us are imperfect. I'm imperfect, you're imperfect, according to, to the Christian faith. So it may be that we're at fault. Maybe that we've, we've, we've done something a bit off. We need to learn from something, take a bit of feedback, etc., so it's really important to just have that awareness of is this is this did I just mess up a wee bit here or or perhaps actually no no I'm I'm facing really bad repercussions because of my faith and the general principle is if you're a bit suspicious don't buy it challenge it okay I think it's a it's a solid Christian principle that. It's good to challenge and to test, and to really see whether the person you're engaging with is robust. Not by not robust in the sense of you want to like annoy him, and, you know, to see see what he's made of. But just if if he's if he's worth his salt, then he should be able to to deal with a a, a bit of engagement a few a few challenges now this leads us on to number three which is considering himself more important than he is and this is another warning sign of an unhealthy church leader and in a sense it's similar to number two because if a leader is engaged in this, sort of behavior, then there's a good chance he will also be using spiritual language, okay? So the leader may well claim to be a special messenger from God or have a special connection with God or something like that, okay? It makes him special, makes him more important than he actually is. You know, he's probably just like me, he's probably just a run-of-the-mill chap, Okay, nothing special, just a normal human being, but he might claim to be uh, special. And his claim might be based on on the idea that God has set him apart as a really special leader. So I knew a pastor when I was younger, and one of the first things he told me when we met was that when he was a teenager, he used to pray for five hours a day. And the message he was portraying to me, communicating to me, was that he was a really spiritual person, okay? I was thinking, five hours a day when you're a teenager? What the... You know, most teenage boys are playing football or video games or watching a bit of TV, you know, playing five hours a day. You know, clearly impressive. If this guy was praying five hours a day, as a teenager, this is very impressive. And the same guy said God spoke to him regularly. And he really gave the impression that he was a messenger from God. Now, maybe maybe some people do pray five hours a day. And um, I don't want to knock that. And fair play to them. But in this case... Well, whether he did pray five hours a day, I don't know. But he wasn't a special messenger from God. okay. And what he was doing was he was using, again, this spiritual language to bolster his own sense of importance. And particularly how um, how he was viewed by other people as important. He wanted to make sure that people... Thought that he was special so that they would do what he said. Okay. And, you know, leaders, a good leader won't want to control people, but a, a bad leader will want to control people because that means he'll get done what he wants to be done, right? If you're, if you're going to lead people, get people from A to B, if you can control them and get them from A to B, then. You might think you've done your job. I think you probably you haven't done your job because uh, a good leader won't actually do it through control and manipulation. He'll do it in a different way, and of course, Christ emphasized servant leadership. But this is a this is a big tactic, and again, you have to be aware of it. Okay, so number three is he he thinks he presents himself as more important than he is, particularly some sort of messenger or profit from God number four, the final one then is where there's a big difference between the leader's public and private persona okay, there's a big difference between his public and private persona now it is of course natural for people to be a bit different when they're on stage compared to when they're sitting down watching Netflix at home Um, that's understandable the question is, how different are they? How different are they? Yes, when you're if you're on stage, there'll be adrenaline. You'll have prepared your talk. You'll have maybe sharing a joke that you thought up or something. Fair enough, fair enough. But how different are you? Now, I'm personally, I'm quite a a blunt person and perhaps a somewhat unchanging person. I don't really change too much uh, between different situations when I'm teaching or or whatever but um, you know some would say that maybe I should be I should change a bit more (laughs) I should I should be a bit less blunt or something like that fair enough not everyone needs to to be like me in that sense that yes it's completely fair enough that there will be adjustments and, and and changes in terms of how we engage with different people and that's completely that's completely fine but I think there's this great quote from the novel To Kill a Mockingbird where Miss Maudie is talking about Atticus Finch who is the lead character and she said Atticus Finch is the same in the house as he is in the public streets. Atticus Finch is the same in the house as he is in the public streets. And again we have to remember that if we're dealing with people that maybe have narcissistic traits then what you see isn't what you get. What you see isn't what you get. So, we need to like figure out: Is this person really, really like this, like he is on stage, or is, or is this uh, a, a really serious dramatic performance? And there's something quite different going on underneath. And there are different ways of trying to figure that out. One way is simply to ask. Does this guy have any close friends? Okay, does he have any close friends? Are there people who actually know him, who you know, he sits down, he has a meal with, and he just talks openly? Now, if he, he may have close friends, and, and that doesn't mean he's he's not a he's not an unhealthy leader, right? He could have close friends who are also unhealthy leaders, or he could have close friends who he's manipulated, etc. Okay. But um it's, it's one question to ask. Do they have people in their lives who really know them? Not just when they're on stage, but when they're sitting watching some sport or something like that. They can just relax with and uh, be honest with. And linked to that, do they have any accountability in their lives? Is there anybody in their lives who kind of keeps a check on them? So I had a something a, a couple of weeks ago where uh, criticism was put to me and I, I took it on board and I thought about it and I took it to a number of uh, friends, so many of my own age, um, some older, about really about probably about 10 friends in the end, uh, some older, some much older. And I just laid it out and we talked about it and I, I wanted to find out whether there's something I was missing, whether I'd I'd sort of got something a bit wrong uh on that occasion. And, and in that occasion came back that 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 um we felt there'd been a misunderstanding. But the but the point is that uh accountability is, is the leader you're engaging with does he have people that he'll go to and ask for honest feedback okay honest feedback on 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 whatever whatever it is that's come up whatever sort of challenge or or concern that's been raised so those are the four of them we have made a good time we have. Number one, leaders who don't engage with questions or challenges to their leadership or teaching. Number two, the use of spiritual language to manipulate people. Number three, a leader considering himself more important than he is. And number four, there being a big difference between a public and private persona. So I hope that helps. And this is, it's not an exact science it, it, it is based somewhat upon our own intuitions and gut instincts. You know, when you're interacting with a person, what sort of feel do you get? What does your gut say? It's definitely not an exact science, but I'm sort of putting these out here in the hope that it might make you aware of something perhaps you wouldn't have thought of. Previously, I mean, I've certainly had situations where I wish that I'd have known some of this stuff myself. Um, so I am putting it out there to say, be aware of of this here. If if it rings rings a bell when you are engaging with someone, hopefully, I say it'll never be the case. Hopefully, you'll be in a really healthy church. And, of course, this also kind of applies for workplaces as well. That's a whole different story because, of course, you can have unhealthy leaders and people with narcissistic and sociopathic traits in workplaces. Whole, whole different story, but hopefully it won't be an issue in, in your churches. But, but the message needs to come out really clearly is that if you do um, have concerns, if you see some of these warning signs or other warning signs, then pay attention to them. And I obviously can't speak to situations here. I need to know context. So my advice would be to talk to people in your life who you consider to be wise, and ask for some feedback on 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 your situation. If you're in a church and there's a leader and you're you're a bit unsure about him, then ask people in your life who you, who you consider be, be wise. Maybe a mixture of people, some friends, some some older okay cuz for some of these people again this, this is a very small minority of, of of leaders but they can be they can be quite uh, dangerous people and certainly don't want people to unnecessarily confront people like this because it can it can if they're powerful and, and manipulative then they can seek revenge which which we don't want, so seek advice uh, from from people around you people of different ages and it may be that you might you might need to leave the church and move on but I guess the message is yeah it's it's worth it's worth doing it. it's worth protecting yourself protecting other maybe vulnerable people who you're surrounded by and also uh, it's, it's good to have a spine okay, it's good to have a spine when it comes to this sort of thing you Say, the Christian faith is absolutely clear that there are, there are some people who are bad news okay, not everybody's a, a Ned Flanders who's gonna smile and be nice, there are, are some people who are bad news and it's really important that all of us have a spine and can figure them out and then take the action to protect ourselves and and those around us hope that was helpful any thoughts or questions do put them in the comments below obviously as long as they're not too personal got to protect yourself and do join us again next time for more here at creed and culture take care